0: Hey there listeners, welcome to Horror Movie Club, the show where two dudes who aren't quite nerds but not quite noobs choose a horror movie each week to rate and review. I'm Ashvin and I've got Brian on the phone with me. And on this week's episode, we're going to be continuing our coverage of sequels for a Sequel September by talking about the 1998 film Bride of Chucky, written by Don Mancini, directed by Ronnie Yu, and starring Jennifer Tilly, Brad Dorf, John Ritter, and Catherine Heigl. In this film, a young couple's plans to elope faces some challenges when two dolls come into the picture and lead them on a murdering spree. For those of you who are new to our show, we're going to have a spoiler-free discussion at the top half of this episode, then we'll take a quick break and then jump into the plot, hit the spoilers, and get into our review. Brian, it has been three weeks since we've recorded. How are you feeling going into this episode?
1: Oh, I don't know. I I feel like I'm probably going to be a little rusty, but I'm comforted by the fact that you are probably more rusty than me, (laughs) considering we just (laughs) took about six or seven tries to get as far as we are into the episode. Yeah,
0: just to get past the intro.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I'm I'm feeling a little rusty,
0: uh, too. Fortunately, I have the power of editing on my side, so I can always work that in my
1: favor. (laughs) Very true, very true. Yeah, so I watched this movie kind of like a week and a half ago, because... We were both out of the country for a while, so uh, yeah, we'll see how this goes. feel a little rusty, but I brushed up today, and during my travels, I actually watched uh, Child's Play 3, which we kind of skipped our coverage of just to to get to the more interesting title. Uh, we'll probably go back and cover it at some point, but felt like after going after A Nightmare on Elm Street 4, we, we needed a bit more, uh, I don't know. A more popular film, I guess, mm, which sure. hopefully Bride of Chucky is. We'll see uh, what our listeners think, but yeah. I feel like this this has a big cultural impact. Yeah, I mean, I, I
0: wasn't aware of that at all, like that this is kind of like a standout in the franchise or anything, or, or one that's talked about more than others. Uh, what? Yeah, is that, is that what you've heard over the years?
1: Yeah, I mean, it's the highest grossing film of the franchise, and I just, it was from 1998, so it was in pop culture discussions when we were old enough to remember pop culture discussions. So, And I think it it being more recent, some of our younger listeners are probably more familiar with this than, say, A Nightmare on Elm Street 4, which also did well at the box office, but is, you know... 10 years earlier than this film.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, that's really interesting. Uh, yeah, th- this film, looking at the timeline of the, of the franchise, uh, I was surprised. I thought this was going along at a similar pace as uh, Nightmare on Elm Street, Friday the 13th, but this actually started later in the 80s. I think the first one came out 87, 88, and then you had like t- uh, three kind of come out year after year, like between the span of 88 and 91, then this one comes out seven years later. So it seems like this was uh, a revitalization of of the franchise to some extent for the late
1: 90s. For sure. This one was definitely at a slower pace, and yeah, it got a later start. So I will do my obligatory listing of those films, Child's Play 1988, Child's Play 2 1990, Child's Play 3 1991, Bride of Chucky, this film, 1998, like you said, seven years later. Seed of Chucky from 2004, that's a six-year gap. Curse of Chucky from 2013, a nine-year gap. Then Cult of Chucky in 2017, a four-year gap. So everything's pretty spaced out there. And then you get the Mm -hmm. reboot in 2019, simply titled Child's Play, which is kind of the red-headed stepchild of the... the franchise here. I probably shouldn't use that term. I apologize to our our ginger We're listeners. We're moving away from that now. <laughs> I probably. Yeah. Uh right. and then there's an ongoing T V series titled Chucky, which started in twenty twenty one, has two seasons under its belt, and a third is coming this October. So wow. yeah, it's been uh you know, it started later than some of those, you know, big three type things, Halloween, whatever, but it's really picked up the pace and it's it's maybe going stronger in, in modern times than those other ones. I mean, Halloween's got the most recent trilogy, but right. I don't think they stuck the landing on that one. And I think this TV series is pretty well regarded by fans, as far as I can tell. Sure.
0: Wow, that's awesome. Yeah, it's, it's cool to see this keep going on. I, I, I Yeah, I don't know if I would have put my money on this being the franchise that would like still have momentum 20, 30 years on. So that's pretty cool to see.
1: Right. And I mean, remarkable consistency, too, as far as the creative forces and some of the actors. Brad Dorff has been the voice of Chucky for everything I just listed except for the Child's Play 2019 uh, remake. And, And that was done without the usual creative team because MGM still owned the rights to the first film, even though... Most of the sequels have been done by Universal, so they kind of were just like, yeah, we can do this with or without you, and they did. So it's kind of its whole own other thing. Sure. Yeah. that I, I had a lot of respect for that 2019
0: film, and I think I'd, I'd only seen that and uh, then the first two that you and I had seen and recorded episodes on a few years back. But how familiar are you, are, are, are you with the rest of the
1: franchise? This, I mean, uh, I've seen the first four up to Bride. And then the remake, so that's about all I've seen of the franchise, and I think you and I, coming into that remake in 2019, we didn't really have the Child's Play fandom, so that we weren't really up in arms. Sure. I get it, because I think it was like months apart, the announcement that this, hey, Don Mancini is creating a TV series, and then, oh, we've also got a remake that is totally (laughs) unrelated yeah to him even though he's been the heart of the franchise the whole time so that's really impressive I could to see. see why it would piss people off yeah it is impressive yeah he's he's written and been a creative force maybe a director or executive producer on every film except for that reboot i
0: know that that's crazy and the only one uh that i or a person i can think that comes close I, I guess you've got like john carpenter and halloween and wes craven and with their right man on Elm Street, but even, like, they, they're they not, like, an attached to every film, right? Like, the franchise moves away from them.
1: No, I mean, Craven was, you know, he had some, I believe he had some various other roles in, in some of the other movies, but he only directed two of them. Right. Um, really, Scream is probably a franchise that had the, the same hand on the wheel for four movies in a row up until recently. Sure, sure. With Craven.
0: True. And then, and, uh, yeah, I mean, so, so I think that, that's really unique to see like over 20, 30 years, this one guy's been involved in every movie except
1: one, which, yeah, that stands out. Yeah, for sure. And he was inspired in the original film by the Living Doll episode of The Twilight Zone. I think maybe it was even called, I want to say Night of the Living Doll. I can't oh. remember now. I think it was just called Living Doll. Yep. Um, And then his father also worked in advertising and there was the Cabbage Patch Kids craze of the 80s, so this all informed his script for the original Child's Play. Right. And this one, it sounds like the original idea came from producer David Kushner, who, no, I'm sorry, not David Kushner. What is his name? Yeah, it is David Kushner, who uh, saw a copy of Bride of Frankenstein in the video store and was like, oh, what if we could make a bride for Chucky? And sounds like, Don Mancini ran with the concept and, and made a script around it. Yeah, it's <laughs> as simple as that. And, yeah.
0: and, and also taking a big tonal change uh, for the, this like kind of like rebranding seven years afterwards. It sounds like the Scream uh, film that came out the year before was a big influence on, like, hey, let's take a more comedic angle and make it more, uh, I don't know, like a, more of a satire of, of the franchise.
1: Yeah, there were definitely some meta elements in this film that you can... Definitely see the, the influence of Scream on, and yeah, they admitted they were you know revitalized by the reinvigoration of the horror genre by Scream, and yeah. there was a vibe of bringing this into the 90s, and I think uh, we'll, we'll have some discussions related back to Freddy, because it seems very clear that the franchise is saying, okay, I don't know that we're going to worry too much about scares. <laughs> they, they don't drop that, but they're like, we'll we'll lean into the camp, yeah, hard, and we're, we won't be afraid to. There's a lot of one-liners and zingers, right? That, that Chucky has in common with Freddy.
0: Sure, interesting. Uh, yeah, yeah, I could see that parallel for sure. Uh, as, as you mentioned, like, I, I think Chucky uh, as, as a villain. Uh, so first, I, yeah, I want to say, uh, oh shit, Child's Play. Is the first time you have a full-length feature film about a possessed doll, uh, and, and I think yeah, inspired by that Twilight Zone episode. And it's kind of crazy that uh, since the doll, I mean, it, would you like attribute the success of like Megan, Annabelle? Um, I'm sure there are others that like uh, are, are any kind of doll movie now is is kind of like built on the success of Child's Play.
1: Yeah, I think Chucky ran so Megan could dance. <laughs> nice. Do that dance that she didn't go viral. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> For sure, yeah. I mean there had been the those elements of the doll, but yeah, like you said, there had not been a motion like a full length feature film. Yeah. At least according to the creators. I I couldn't historically verify that. Maybe there's some other film, but Right. Yeah, Not, no, certainly none with as big a pop culture impact, a feature length film about a living doll. Yeah, that's awesome. And and that was like the big
0: movie for decades until like, yeah, the Annabelle series launched or this year you had Megan come out. Was
1: that this year or last year? That was this year, uh, Megan. Right? <clears throat> Megan was, yeah, wow, that was this year. Holy yeah, shit. It seems like you know, I'm already thinking there, there's films like Tourist Trap from, I want to say that was the late 70s. And a film called Dolls that I want to say was a couple of years before Chucky, maybe. So, mm, no kidding. Yeah, I, are we. Yeah, that that may not be totally true, but okay. what they did here was certainly something unique. If you watch any behind the scenes of like the making of Chucky. As like the making of the doll, mm-hmm. this is a very involved process and a very sophisticated puppet. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Right. They use like what? 13 or 15 puppy, or puppets on uh, on the set here. Yeah. And so they would have kind of up wild. to nine puppeteers working on him at the same time just yeah. to get him to do all the things he needed to do. Yeah. 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 The practical work that, that goes into this is amazing. And then in this film, you've got two
0: dolls so that I'm sure doubles the work. Sure. Yeah. It's pretty impressive. Uh, I'm surprised by the director they brought in here, uh, Ronnie Yu. Uh, he later would do like Freddy vs. Jason, but he's a Hong Kong film director. Um, so I, I think they saw a film of his and was really impressed, but not typically like an American horror director. So that was, was kind of cool to bring in an outside, I was, I was surprised to see his name there.
1: Yeah, he, I mean, he apparently uh, directed a film called Legacy of Rage, which was my boy Brandon Lee's first leading role. Oh, no kidding. Was that yeah. a Hollywood film or...? It was, I think that was a Hong Kong film, actually. Okay. Okay, cool. Yeah,
0: yeah it seems like most of his work uh, is back in Hong Kong.
1: Yeah, I think Ch- uh, Bride of Chucky was only his second American film. Ah, wow. Yep. Yeah, so it's kind of kind of a left field
0: director coming in. Uh, and then on the cinematography side, too, this guy Peter Pau, uh, he would later go on to do the cinematography for uh, Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon and win awards for that one. So, uh, co- cool uh, person to have on board there.
1: Yeah, he won the Oscar for Best Cinematography for that. Yeah, for a movie about, like, two talking dolls. (laughs) You've got some decorated people here. Even the the voices of those dolls are decorated actors. Brad Dorff was nominated for Best Supporting Actor in One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest. Uh, And Jennifer Tilly was also Oscar nominated for Best Supporting Actress in a 1994 film called Bullets Over Broadway. Yeah. Hey Jennifer Tilly, to me looks
0: so familiar and like sounds so familiar, but I, I can't place like where I've seen her. Is she just like in everything and like you never notice her or something?
1: Yeah, I mean she's got some key roles that are playing similar characters. Uh, she has a role in Liar Liar where she's kind of similar to this character. Yeah, did you see that movie with I, Jim Carrey? I did, yeah, but I, I don't remember too much of it. Um, she also voices Bonnie Swanson on Family Guy. Oh. If you're recognizing her voice, that might be, but you know, you, you see her once in anything and her voice sticks with you. Yeah, it's very yeah. distinct. It's a really familiar voice. Yep. Yep. She's yep. also a really successful poker player. Oh, cool. Okay.
0: <laughs> nice. Yeah. No, okay, cool. Uh, to have her at the, uh, be added to the cast here
1: and, uh, yeah, Catherine Heigl, a, a young Catherine Heigl. Coming yeah, twenty-year-old Catherine Heichel who would uh, become a household name seven years later when Grey's Anatomy began its run in two thousand five. Yeah, that really took me by surprise seeing her pop up there. Right.
0: Um, from a box office standpoint, yeah, uh, you know, we talked about the success. So this made fifty point one or sorry, fifty point seven million at the box office on a budget of twenty five million. So kind of a, not not a huge success there then, right?
1: Yeah, I mean the the gross is good, but that's a big budget. Yeah. I mean, expensive it's, there's a lot of effects in this movie, so that's that's, I imagine where that that number creeps up. So right, yeah. But I mean, I gotta believe this did really well on DVD afterwards. So hopefully, yeah, it got its money back on the back end. Sure, sure. Forty-seven percent
0: Rotten Tomatoes, forty-nine percent audience score. Uh, so yeah, it's got
1: it's got a decent following there, I guess. Yeah, you know, I wondered if that was a little low for modern critics coming back to it. I, I know there are so many fans of this movie, it seems, and to see that 47, what, 47 isn't that surprising, but the 49, On I the thought audience. maybe would be a little bit higher from the audience, yeah. Yeah, I um, know, it, it sounds it, like you've heard a lot
0: more about the film than I have, but you're expecting a, a higher audience score?
1: A little bit, yeah, and I mean, it did get some critical acclaim, too, from horror Sources like it was nominated for best screenplay at the Fangoria Chainsaw Awards, mm-hmm. at the Saturn Awards, it was nominated for best writing and best horror film. Jennifer Tilley was nominated there for best actress. So, yeah, it, it seemed like the horror outlets were giving it respect, but maybe the average critic was not up on it. Yeah, I
0: it surprises me because, uh, late 90s, yeah, you've got Scream that that franchise has kicked off. What else was going on? Was Final Destination and like Saw No nah,
1: maybe that was more early two thousands, but Blair Witch was probably around this time, right? Yeah, Blair Witch was nineteen ninety nine. I mean, basically I saw Scream and I still I know what you did last summer, so it is the you know the ones that really kicked it off again. And I know what you yep. did last summer I wanna say it was ninety seven the year after Scream. Got it. Okay, so like these teenage slashers that
0: that were kind of funny we're we're coming back into style. And yeah, I mean, I'm just wondering what the environment was where a movie like this would succeed. A movie about like 2 dolls. It's I, I don't know. Like I guess I don't know, would you call this a slasher or supernatural? Uh I mean cuz yeah, the the premise is he's
1: a supernaturally possessed doll, right? I think of him almost in the same vein as Freddy. It's a supernatural slasher. Okay. Mostly a slasher but some some supernatural element. Yeah. I mean I, I think this is primarily a slasher and a horror comedy. Right,
0: yeah, yeah. I feel like they downplay the this uh, supernatural element in this one. For yeah, sure. uh, yeah, yeah. Interesting that that ninety eight uh, found found this found success in
1: nineteen ninety eight. Um, great. Uh, any other background you want to mention? Let's see. Let's see. What else did I want to mention? Graham Revell did the music. He did Child's Play two, The Crow, The Craft, From Dust Till Dawn, Freddy versus Jason. So we've mentioned his name many times. We've also bemoaned the death of soundtracks on the podcast before, Mm -hmm. so it was a very '90s thing. It felt like in this '90s films, no exceptions. So you have like like, Rob Rob Zombie, yeah, yeah, stabbing westward Slayer. Oh man, a lot of uh, notable bands from the time on the soundtrack. Yeah. Special makeup effects were, are incredible in this movie. Kevin Yeager's team did the puppet effects. He's the original designer and creator of Chucky. He also did the creep, Crypt Keeper and Freddy Krueger's makeup. Fun fact, he's married to Katherine Hicks from the first film, um, and they've been married for 30 years. Hmm. And then some of the other like special makeup effects were done by Paul Jones' effects studio uh, Gary J. Tunicliffe was a recognizable name among their ranks. He's done tons of horror films. Um, he, I think he even directed a Hellraiser film. He, he did the makeup in a lot of the Hellraiser movies. What else? Yeah, I, I think David Kirshner is a producer who seemed very much part of like the creative force for this movie and the franchise in general. So it sounds like him and Don Mancini were really kind of the ones brainstorming and, and coming up with the angle that they wanted to take this movie and where they wanted to take Nine Chucky to, like, quote-unquote, bring him into the 90s. Sure, yeah. Even though he'd already been there in 1990 and 91, but, yeah. you know, it's kind of really the decade before in that first year or two. Yeah, yeah, for sure. You're on the cusp. Everyone was, like, very aware in the late 90s of, like, what the 90s is and <laughs> yeah. referencing the 90s. It takes and, you, like, a decade
0: to figure out what the decade is. Or like, yeah, yes, what the genre, exactly. Yeah, what's in style. Exactly. Uh, hey, where, where on your list of, like, if you had to, like, rank, like, your top five villains, uh, does, like, where, where do you hold Chucky? Is he uh, on the top
1: of your list or bottom of your list in terms of, like, best villains or anything? I think he'd be near the bottom of my list. I do not care for him as a villain. I think he's an impressive work of special effects, but as a villain and a character, not the hugest fan.
0: Yeah, same. I I, I think the I was, I was confused with part one and part two because I feel like uh, the the concept of Chucky is really cool. Like this possessed doll going around killing people, it's awesome. And I think in part one, two, and, and imagine three, there's uh, that kid that he's following around, right, and kind of like printing murders on this kid which, which is a lot of fun to see uh but yeah the, the way they kind of like uh give him the personality of like a what like a, a criminal from chicago or something uh yeah it, it's just it's it's a really weird vibe that I, I think kind of downplays some of the scariness around him
1: it is. It's a, a weird choice. I Basically, I think he shares the same scariness problem as Freddy and that he just talks too damn much. Talks
0: too much. Yeah, exactly.
1: <laughs> yeah, that's an issue. Uh,
0: yeah. But yeah, do but you think uh, Freddy's able to pull it off versus uh,
1: Chucky not so much? I, yes, I, I do think so. Yeah. Um, Okay. I don't think that Chucky doesn't pull it off necessarily. I'm just not a fan of his shtick quite as much as Freddy's. Sure, sure. All right. Cool. Well uh, you wanna do our how connection? Uh yeah, I do. I think the other thing you mentioned that you touched on briefly that and is notable, this is the first film that does not involve Andy, the character of Andy the little boy, from the first film in any capacity. The, oh, the first yeah. two focus on him as a child and then the third one focuses on him as a teenager at, uh, like a military, military school. So, Interesting. Cool. Yeah. So they just, they said, forget Andy and we're just <laughs> taking a different direction. Yeah. And I assume like the following films also forget Andy then, right? I, as far as I know, we'll find out on future sequel September's. but as far as I know, Andy's, Andy's done for as far as his role in the franchise. He's out of the picture. Yeah. All right. Uh, but who knows, maybe he comes up later and somebody will correct us, but uh, I, I don't dig into the plots of those future films, because I don't want anything spoiled, so I, I yeah. can't say I know for sure.
0: Yeah. I mean, it's, it's tough, because those three films, they, you're building this relationship between these two characters, the protagonist and the antagonist here, so it's, it's interesting to pivot away from that suddenly. But I guess a lot of franchises do that, ultimately.
1: From my experience seeing three, I think it was time. Okay, yeah. Yeah, yeah. just sense. getting stale.
0: Yeah, yeah. And he's a teenager now.
1: Yeah, and there's really only so many things you can do with that. Like, I need to get Andy to get his body. It's just very limiting. Sure, sure. Cool. Uh, Okay, yeah, the Ohio connection. As always, our friend Alex connects every movie we watch to our home state of Ohio for us. Uh, Alex owns the Jukebox Bar and Restaurant in Cleveland, Ohio, so if you're in Northeast Ohio, swing by for some great food and drinks. And Alex says... Bride of Chucky is a black comedy slasher film written by Don Mancini and directed by Ronnie Yu. It is the fourth installment in the Child's Play franchise and stars Jennifer Tilly, Brad Dorff, Catherine Heigl, and longtime actor-comedian John Ritter. Ritter, who passed away in 2003, was the son of the singing cowboy star Tex Ritter and best known for playing Jack Tripper on the ABC sitcom Three's Company. In 1999, he married actress Amy Yazbeck at the Murphy Theater in Wilmington, Ohio. Nice. That's awesome. Connection. Yeah, good connection. And I also noticed that uh, Ronnie you graduated from Ohio University. Yeah, I know. I saw that too. That was wild. Yeah, lots of random Ohio connections in this one. Uh, did you ever watch Three's Company?
0: Yeah, a little bit as a kid, like catching some reruns. How no. about you? No, nah, I never got into it. I always liked the theme song though, but I uh, never understood the appeal of the show. But I was, I was probably too young to understand it. Uh,
1: but yeah, that guy was huge. John Ritter. Yeah, I was very familiar with him from the movie Problem Child. Yeah, which <laughs> <laughs> that's that's where I knew him from too. <laughs> we rented like, that movie a lot, which yeah, I think was probably a
0: pretty stupid movie. I, I think I yeah, I can't imagine that movie holding up at all. Uh, yeah, that that'd be wild to watch that film like today and try to see. If I'd like be. to see how that holds up. He, he was yeah. also
1: in the original It, the TV miniseries oh, from cool.
0: nineteen ninety. Okay, okay, nice, nice yeah very familiar face that's awesome to see him there yeah all right well uh do you want to talk about the plot and and hit the spoilers and review the film i would love to cool hey before we do though i i just got to help uh my wife and i rearranging uh a room and just got to help lift something you mind if i give you a call back sure man go for it all right cool i'll be right back All right, Brian. Sorry about that. I'm back. Hey, buddy. How did everything go? Uh, went really well. You know, we we had this huge mirror. We were wondering uh where to put it, and uh, we finally decided to just put it right above the water bed. Uh, that way, if it breaks, it just falls on water, and nothing bad can happen there. <laughs> so that's, that was the safest place for for a mirror, I think. Exactly, I'm the sexiest place. Oh yeah, for sure. Everyone loves that combo, waterbed mirror, right? <laughs> Sex and safety is a great combo. <laughs> exactly. That's why you always wear a helmet. Uh, <laughs> cool, so this movie, it opens up with this police officer who is stealing an item from an evidence locker. Uh, he delivers this item to this woman named Tef- Tiffany. She repays him by slitting his throat, and we find out that Tiffany is the ex-lover of of Chucky in his human form, uh, before he became a doll. And the evidence that she has now received from this cop is the body of Chucky. She stitches Chucky back together and does this voodoo ritual to bring Chucky back to life. What did you think about this opening?
1: Oh, you know, it's just, uh, just fine. Nothing blew me away here, but... Seemed fitting enough, and I was on board with what they were trying to do. Uh, it's a little tongue in cheek already. In the evidence repository, there's paraphernalia from Jason, Michael, and Freddy, like the masks yeah. and Freddy's glove, Leatherface's chainsaws in there. And yeah. I, I read that even uh, the crate from the crate segment of Creepshow was there. Whoa, awesome! Yeah, that's yeah, yeah. You could tell it all. It's like it being pretty self referential or meta at this point. Yeah, it's kind of giving you the sending some hints about the tone it's gonna take. What did you think of the opening? Uh, well, I hated the Rob Zombie song uh, just because. Yeah, I, I don't like Rob Zombie and uh, Living Dead Girl. Yeah, yeah, that was such a terrible song. You like that song? You know, I don't love like his style of music, but I don't hate his songs. I actually was a pretty big fan of More Human Than Human when it. Okay. Oh, you know, yeah, I like that song too.
0: I don't think I realized that was, uh, I thought that was White Zombie, which is separate from Rob Zombie, and then I think a year or two ago, you, you clued me in on the fact that he was a part of White Zombie.
1: Right, yeah. That like slide slide guitar riff was pretty cool. Yeah, yeah, That's that's a great
0: song. But uh, yeah, I wasn't a big fan of this song. Uh, it's it cool to see Jennifer Tilly here, because uh, yeah, it's, it feels like a breath of fresh air in, in this franchise that you're used to kind of seeing this kid being stalked and suddenly this this woman emerges as, as a killer um i also thought uh chucky's face looks really good here as she's like stitching it together um, it, does, it does man some... i mean everything about chucky in every movie has looked great yeah yeah they, they do a good job uh cool all right well yeah but otherwise you're right yeah from a plot standpoint like pretty uh not a lot happening yet
1: yeah yeah there's nothing really ma- it's, it's all very like setupy you know yeah, you can't exactly. really judge anything yet yep uh, so then
0: things get kind of weird. That after she thinks the ritual doesn't work, Tiffany's boyfriend drops by, and he's this really goofy dude, and he tries to get her to hook up with him by acting all 90s goth and throwing out some vulgar French uh, words. Uh, she notices that Chucky's body is no longer where she left it and find it, finds it sitting next to her. So she places uh, the doll Chucky... Chucky on the boyfriend's body as she does like this dance for him uh the boyfriend kind of taunts chucky and chucky's head turns around and he attacks the boyfriend suffocating the boyfriend with the pillow chucky and tiffany then kind of reunite and chucky laughs off her suggestion that he was ready to marry her before he got turned into a doll which angers tiffany so she throws him into a cage. And throws in a doll that's dressed as a bride as well into the cage. Uh, later that night, Chucky manages to escape this cage and attacks Tiffany in the bathtub, kills her by throwing the TV in there. Oh, and,
1: and she's watching Bride of Frankenstein, right? At this point, right, right. And the last thing she hears from Bride of Frankenstein before she dies is a quote from Frankenstein's monster, who says, "We belong dead." Oh, nice. Oh, interesting. That comes up later, doesn't it?
0: it comes back later. Ah, okay. Nice. Uh, but yeah, somehow by doing this, Chucky turns Tiffany into that bridal doll now. So her body's now been, uh, or her soul now, I guess, is whatever possessed by her, in, in this bridal doll. So the two of them now realize that in order to transform themselves back into people, they need to go find Chucky's human body, which is buried somewhere in New Jersey and get this amulet that he was wearing when he died and use that to do this ritual that'll turn them back into humans. Uh, hey, how, how did Chucky know how to turn Tiffany into a doll? He is familiar
1: with voodoo from,
0: (laughs) I didn't realize that. Okay. He's yeah.
1: He had like a voodoo teacher from the first film that, that he killed. And that was who he like went to, to seek advice on how to get his, you know, return to human form. Right. Right. And I, I think in that movie, he was like, you got to find the first person you revealed yourself to, and then you know you can get into that body. Got it. Then Child's Play 3 kind of like takes that and bends those rules a little bit, and here it's kind of like a whole new thing where, yeah, oh, there's an amulet. Well, we never really knew about the amulet. They don't even mention Andy. But I think it was a good idea. I mean, I, I'm fine toying with n- made-up rules just so you can sure. like, go with a better plot of the movie yeah yeah allows you to bring
0: someone else into the mix uh, of yeah. uh, making another doll so yeah that, that, that's pretty cool he's never done this before though right like turn someone else into a doll i don't believe he's turned anyone else into a doll though yeah yeah okay cool uh so that happens wh- wh- what would you think of this whole sequence and, and tiffany well yeah what do you think of tiffany's boyfriend and, and how that played out <laughs> hey, that
1: was weird i just it was entertaining enough as a first act um It's kind of hard because you have all these unlikable people doing unlikable things, and she's taunting her boyfriend for not actually killing anybody. (laughs) Um, But again, it's kind of pointing you where it's going with some of its jokes. She's reading a book that says voodoo for dummies. Mm -hmm. Um, Hey, maybe he checked that book, by the way, and used that to get her into the dump. Oh, yeah, yeah. That's probably what happened. And then Tiffany's boyfriend says something like, "Chucky, he's so '80s. He isn't even scary." Oh, so yeah. that's you know. Then they're pointing you towards more of the meta stuff that they're gonna do self referential script, not unlike Scream. I mean, they don't go to the lengths of Scream with the meta stuff, but there are sprinklings of it in there. So I thought it's entertaining enough. I'm not in love with it, but I, I was fine. It all just feels like these aren't the big big events, but they're they're leading us somewhere, and I was on board to see where they took us what do you think sure i i, I agree very
0: unlikable characters uh and i wasn't sure like if it's a boyfriend being played for a comedy here just like way over the top 90s goth and uh just trying to be like as like trying to be edgy but like kind of making fun of someone trying to be edgy uh so yeah the humor here was a little bit confusing for me um but yeah i I like the uh, kind of making fun of the brand the franchise of chucky that that was really cool and uh i i was a little underwhelmed with uh this scene of chucky coming back uh because you're expecting like a a big killer like a big scare and you don't you don't really get that i mean you get the cool head turning full circle uh but then he kills him basically by like sitting on his face and on with a, with a, with a pillow on his face or something, and it's not like a very memorable like kind of first kill, which I I
1: think was was a big miss for me on the scene. Sure, it's not super memorable. He they, he does rip his lip ring out, which is oh yeah, adds a little bit of viciousness to it. But I, I hear you; it's not that incredible of a kill. And I I think they are kind of riffing on people who are trying real hard to be edgy sure. and later on when he dies and oh, his and death is on the news yeah. if they show his photo and his name's like <laughs> i don't know howard fitzwormwood or something yeah. like that is his real name yeah he's a big nerd. Um, <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah that's true that's true uh, no disrespect to anybody listening with the name howard or the last <laughs> name fitzwormwood that wasn't actually i think what his name was but something yeah. like that something yeah. like that yep all right Uh, But yeah, mostly set up here
0: and setting now these two on the path together to try to figure out how to turn back into uh, human beings. Um, Let's see. Tiffany calls her neighbor, Jesse, who's this young kid that lives uh, close by and hires him to take the two dolls to New Jersey where Chucky's body is buried. So Jesse shows up, finds the two dolls, puts them in his van and heads off. But on the way, he picks up his girlfriend, Jade who he's trying to elope with. Jade's uncle is this police chief who is pretty set on keeping Jesse and Jade apart, going so far as to, like, hire other policemen to, uh, like, do random, like, stops and, like, searches on, on these two. So it's, it's pretty ridiculous. But uh, this uncle tries to sabotage their trip, but when he's in their van, and uh, they're not in the van, he, he's, he's snuck in there, he gets attacked by Tiffany, The doll, Tiffany, who shoots a bunch of nails at his face. And then uh, Tiffany and Chucky uh, store his body in uh, the van. Jesse and Jade then hit the road not knowing that the two dolls that they're carrying are actually serial killers. And then later they get stopped by this police officer. And this time Chucky blows up the police car the officer is in. And then later that night, after they get married, Chucky and Tiffany kill this couple who are trying to do it on a waterbed but Tiffany uh, kills them by shattering this mirror that's above them that brings all these shards down and, and uh, kills them and, and blows up the waterbed. What you, would you think of these uh, three
1: kills uh, and, and the suspense behind them? Um, I like the kills. I think that John Ritter's face looked pretty gnarly with the nails in it after he was dead. That was some good special effects makeup. Work. Yeah, Yeah, that was a fun scene. The aftermath of the kills is really good, at least... John Ritters and this couple with the shattered glass in them. That was a uh, pretty gnarly, you know, scene afterwards, what they look like. Yeah. Um, I like the kills. I What I really like about the kills is what I like about this story, that Chucky and Tiffany's goals are aligned with the goals of our human characters, Jesse and Jade. Like, they want to get to New Jersey. Yeah, J- Chucky and Tiffany have, like, malevolent goals and Jesse and Jade are just this sweet couple trying to elope but it it's just a cool plot dynamic because then it ends up that Chucky and Tiffany are essentially on Jesse and Jade's team because they need them yeah. to succeed so they're, they're killing people who are getting in their way Tiffany even just gets pissed that this couple steals their wallet at the, I think steals uh, Jesse's wallet at the hotel that they get married at and so that's why she kills them just as revenge so yeah it's kind of an interesting dynamic there with the characters it is yeah but uh, i i think that pulls away some of the
0: scariness because yeah you, you have those two characters jesse and jade who are probably like the most likable in this whole cast so far uh even though i mean they're, they're pretty flawed they're they're these teenagers right that are just trying to like run away and get married but, uh, I wouldn't call that a flaw. Oh yeah, their romance <laughs> is not a flaw, yeah, sir. They're romantics. Love is not a flaw. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> yeah, yeah. At that age, sure. Uh, but yeah, yeah, they're they're killing people that like we we obviously hate, right? Like the the police officers are like terrible people in this that are like uh, yeah really. Um, Harassing these kids and so yeah, there's like some excitement in seeing these people getting killed But I I I think that comes at the cost of like those being scarier versus pencils kills where you're uh, worried about those characters
1: Yeah, I don't think there's any scariness really. I don't think there's much suspense I just think it's a cool story cool plot elements. Then you also have this thing where Nobody knows that Chucky and Tiffany are alive and doing this so The public thinks that Jesse and Jade are some sort of Bonnie and Clyde killers on the loose. They are also like, what the hell is happening around us and starting to doubt each other? (laughs) And yeah. It makes for some cool moments. Yeah,
0: I I think that's one of my favorite favorite parts of the film is like them doubting each other secretly behind each other's back, and yeah. like they both are like calling the same friend to be like, I think the other one is like a a serial killer or something.
1: Yeah, which Oops. I I think gives a there's a lot of like themes you could suss out from this whole story, and and around, I think it gets around like their relationship and their love and like forbidden love. Yeah. Trust. and I think it gets enriched trust yeah um, by their their mutual friend David who's kind of the one enabling them this whole time mm-hmm. uh, David is gay and he's got a a line earlier in the film where he's like w- oh, what does he say he says something uh, insinuating that his his only relationship that he's had so far, like, didn't go out. Well. Oh, he said- His mom found uh, Of it. the guy he was dating, his mother found a letter I had written him. She freaked. We haven't spoken since. Yep. So that's kind of a look at a gay character's plight in romance, and perhaps, like, a theme here, like, a, a romance that does not have parental approval. Like, hmm. Jade's uncle, who is her guardian, does not approve of this, so- I think you could tie that together with some forbidden love themes and and like yeah, romance that the people in your life don't approve of it. And it feels like less of a stretch because Don Mancini is gay. He's written in some like gay characters and gay themes throughout the franchise. So mm-hmm. I feel like it's not too much of a stress to, to say that this like forbidden love is is a theme, and I think that in a gay relationship where maybe you're not out, and the only person who knows you're gay is the person in you're you're in a relationship with that that there's a lot of trust and a lot of doubt that goes in there. And I just I wonder if that's kind of reflected in like Jade and Jesse doubting each other and still still getting married, but wondering, like, is this, yeah, can I truly trust this person? Sure, sure. Yeah, that uncertainty
0: uh yeah that, that, that's really a cool angle uh, interesting way to look at it uh and pretty uh progressive I think like for the late 90s too to, to have that captured in a film at first uh I, I thought yeah so speaking of, of that friend uh so so yeah we, we know he's he's a gay character and I thought uh the way they were treating it um so when he first shows up and he is uh talking to Jade's father and like he's talking about like yeah you know the, taking dance classes and, and uh in in college or he's talking about like how to take care for plants and i think like uh it felt like a very 90s way of like being like oh uh so that that's that's how you know this is a gay character so i, I thought that was kind of uh backwards but then yeah reading about like don mancini and it, it, if, if you're kind of like saying maybe they're the main relationship here kind of mirrors what you might be going through at that point uh then yeah i think that's pretty fascinating then
1: yeah yeah i maybe a stretch but him very well may not be.
0: Yeah, yeah. No, that's, that's an interesting tie. Um, well, co- Yeah, I, and then I, 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 I think it's a really interesting parallel dynamic because on the one hand, you've got these two that are young lovers trying to run away. And then you've got Chucky and Tiffany, who aren't necessarily young lovers, but thieves, like more of a Bonnie and Clyde type situation, hijacking their love story. Is that, that, that's basically what's going on here?
1: Yeah, I mean, they're kind of like mirror images of each other, right? They're like this, This Jesse and Jade are, you know, pure in heart, noble in their goals, and Chucky and Tiffany certainly are not, but they also are a toxic yeah. relationship with lies and uh, deceit, and Jesse and Jade don't have that. Uh, so it, right. it's kind of a cool juxtaposition there, and Tiffany all the while is kind of, being torn too because she is seeing their relationship and being like, Oh, like they're kind of sweet. And Chucky's just like, Yeah, whatever, he doesn't <laughs> care. And yeah, and then there's a little bit of like, Yeah, but sh- her wanting Chucky to be kind of different than how he is. So sure, we'll get more into it as you go through with the plot. But it's yeah, it's kind of a clever dynamic to set things. Yeah, I I agree. It's it's a very unique dynamic. Uh,
0: Really uh, cool to kind of like combine uh, this kind of supernatural slasher horror with like this kind of love story or like comedic uh, relationships happening. Um, Yeah, I'm not sure if it it works 100% though. So we'll we'll talk about that. Um, So what happens next? Oh, yeah. Obviously after, I I think a big thing after uh, they kill that couple on the waterbed, um, Chucky proposes... Finally, to Tiffany, and they have doll sex, which I think that that's uh, that was pretty absurd and wild to see them
1: like kind of <laughs> show
0: that, right?
1: <laughs> yeah, sure, sure. And he he proposes to her with a wedding ring that he grabs off of a severed finger from right. the, the mere shattering death. And yeah, you know, there's some humorous lines there, like you got a rubber, and Chucky <laughs> says I'm all rubber, <laughs> and. They established that quote unquote the plumbing works with Tiffany's tears. So, right there, you know, sex is happening the way human sex happens. Uh, Yeah. 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 Definitely a bizarre thing to see, but cool they went there. (laughs) Yeah. I I think this movie wasn't laugh out loud funny that much, but I appreciated the campy elements of it. Yeah. 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 I appreciate that too when they lean into that. So,
0: uh, Jesse and Jade, as you mentioned, their their wedding's off to a rough start because they they're kind of on the run at this point and they both think each other is a mass murderer. But the next day get they, they get joined by their friend David, who tries to patch things up between them before he discovers the body of Jade's uncle in the in 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 the back of the van. So now David freaks out and points a gun at them. But at this point, Chucky and Tiffany finally reveal themselves to everyone, to Jesse and uh, Jade, and In the surprise moment, David gets hit by a semi-truck that's passing by and explodes. Chucky and Tiffany then take Jesse and Jade hostage and force them to drive out to New Jersey to get to Chucky's human body so that they can get that amulet. On the way, Jesse spurs this myrtle battle between Chucky and Tiffany over who's going to clean the dishes. And while the two are arguing... Tiffany is thrown in. Oh yeah, uh, Jade manages to throw Tiffany into an oven, and Jesse throws Chucky out the RV window before they crashes. Um, Chucky Chucky comes and takes Jade and Jesse hostage, and starts to do the ritual to exchange bodies. But at this point, Tiffany seems to have a change in heart, and suddenly wants to protect Jade and Jesse. So she stabs Chucky, and the two of them fight until Chucky stabs and kills Tiffany. What did, did you see that come in that Tiffany would suddenly back down from her own commitment to Chucky and try to protect Jesse and Jade?
1: Yeah, a little bit once, um, you know, they're, they're planting the seeds. She's kind of admiring their love and doubting Chucky a little bit. I mean, she was had Chucky in a cage earlier in the movie, you know? So it wasn't like they were smooth sailing the whole way. And, uh, there's of course that that quote from Bride of Frankenstein. We were, what is it again? We belong dead, and she she says that to him when she stabs him. So mm. I thought that was a really cool way to bring that full circle, and it it just feels like a really smart script. I know I already said that, but to think that David Kirschner was like, hey, like Bride of Chucky, what if we made a or Bride of Frankenstein? What if we did a Bride of Chucky? And, you know, that's the namesake of the film, and then for Damián Mancini to be like, boom, like, We Belong Dead, I'll take that and circle it back through the whole thing. Mm-hmm. Not that it's the mind-blowingly intelligent, but it's just a smart, <laughs> w- smart way to, uh, a smart anchor for the plot. And then he adds out these other complicating and enriching factors into it, and I, I just thought that was cool.
0: Yeah, I mean, I I haven't seen seen Bride of Frankenstein, so I, I, I don't know what other parallels there. But um, you you don't think it's a very similar plot, then?
1: Oh, I it's been a little while since I saw Bride of Frankenstein, so I don't necessarily think the plot is all that f- similar, other than you know creating a mate yeah, for a, a, mate. a and monster. Then, um, and then say this line before you guys die together.
0: Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, I, yeah, I guess I, I don't know how that's clever versus you just, like, lifted an idea from one film and have, like, forced inserted it into your own franchise. But you think it... Cause, cause <laughs> yeah,
1: okay, all right. Burn.
0: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. because it, it just it doesn't make sense in the context of the scene, because Tiffany was just, like, taken hostage. First, she was thrown into an oven by Jesse and, like, or by Jade and burned, then taken hostage by Jesse uh, who has now, like, handed her back to Chucky um, at, at, like, gunpoint, right? And, and now she's suddenly, like, going to betray Chucky?
1: You know, I could have sworn, and, and maybe I'm just totally wrong and misinterpreted the action as it was happening a bit fast, but I thought it was Chucky that kicked Tiffany into the oven. Oh, no, no. Uh, Chucky was in the front seat
0: with the pointing a gun at, at Jesse while he was driving, it was okay. uh, Jade who kicked uh, uh,
1: this one into the oven. Jade did that. Okay, I was yeah. a little surprised. Like, damn, Chucky. Chucky did that. All right. So yeah. I must have misinterpreted. I mean, he was he was mad the about the dishes there.
0: and stuff, but I don't think he was that mad. It's like throwing.
1: <laughs> <laughs> like I'm gonna
0: put you in the oven. Yeah, yeah. So that, that, that's the thing. I mean, I I hear what you're saying. Like it's cool to have it be parallel to of v- Frankenstein*. I I just think the the way they suddenly tried to force that in at this point given the events that had just happened in the last five minutes
1: to me, like just didn't make sense at all. I don't think it was. I mean, he had just like thrown a knife into Jesse's back too. So yeah, which also was a risky move because that is the body he, he wants to inhabit. Right. Um, I think they, I think they built it up well enough. I just agree to disagree. She, she was seeing what she wanted in a romance in their romance she has quoted her mother a few times about like what a man should be like and what love should be like and all the while she's just seeing this is what true love is with these two and we are not it and we are (laughs) doing bad things and uh yeah i I don't think it's too big of a leap yeah okay okay so turn a change of heart here and in this character um, she's also a doll, you know. She, <laughs> she's just like, what? What's even <laughs> happening here? Like, I'm already dead. Yeah, I'm like sure I died already. It's not just like I'm going to die by suicide. It's yeah, I I was killed. I'm already dead. Like, oh, this is the way it needs to be. But she
0: is like so close to being a human again. Like, they're they have the two people tied up. They're about to do the ritual, and then like this is where she changes her mind and in
1: the name of love for these two pulls, pulls that move. Would you willingly, without doubt, go into another person's body and commence the rest of your human existence as someone else? Uh, if they were like 20 years younger, probably 20, have 20 years old and super hot.
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <I'd> <laughs> <be okay>. <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> well, you'd have some uh, hesitations there. I guess I'm just, yeah, I would have hesitations, and I'm just basically saying it's not like Tiffany is just suddenly like, you know what? We should both be dead. They have each died in reality. They are now possessing dolls, and they're going to jump their conscience into yet another being, another entity Mm-hmm. And I think it's reasonable to be like, you know what, <laughs> let's just shut the whole thing down. Shut it down. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Yeah. I I, I could see that, uh,
0: that decision. It's just a, uh, to, to me, like uh, what we know about Tiffany, like it doesn't like jive with like what we've seen her do up until this point. But uh, yeah, I, I hear you. Like it,
1: it's possible. Sure. She didn't seem to have that much doubt about her own evilness
0: uh, in yeah. the
1: movie. Sure. Sure. She knew who she was.
0: Um, so then oh yeah, so Chucky has killed Tiffany by stabbing her, and then Jesse now throws Chucky into this grave and traps him there, and Jade comes and shoots and kills Chucky. The movie ends with this detective who's arrived on the scene, poking Tiffany's dead body, and she suddenly convulses and gives birth to a baby Chucky that attacks the that attacks the detective. And the movie ends on that. So I assume that's what A seed of Chucky, where that picks up on baby Chucky.
1: Got to assume so. Yeah, <laughs> that was quite a scene. I mean, blood like launches out of her vagina onto the investigator's face. And yeah. then <laughs> out comes this vicious little baby who attacks him. Yeah, yeah, those are really cool.
0: Yeah, I you know, I, I think one of the strengths of the movie is definitely like where it leans into the campiness, like the doll sex, the baby coming out of a doll. Um, right. Yeah, the, the waterbed kill was pretty cool. Do you feel like it was campy
1: enough, though? I think so. I mean, it could have gone campier, sure, but I think the campiness combined with the self-referentialness uh, kind of all added to it to make it, make it the right vibe. Uh, one of the other meta quotes was, uh, I think they were explaining their situation to Jade and Jesse, and Chucky was like, in fact, if it was a movie, it would take three or four sequels just to do it justice. <laughs> Yeah. So they're always telegraphing the tone. Yeah. So I don't think there's any tonal confusion or wondering what they're going for here. They they set out to to make it a certain way, and I think they succeeded on that front. Yep. Uh, yeah, I don't think it needed to be campier because other movies were pretty much serious aside from some cheesy lines from Chucky from time to time. So I think it would have been weird to go too much harder on the camp. Sure, sure.
0: Yeah, yeah, it's 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 a balance. Uh, I don't know. Yeah, I I feel like I could have used some more uh, creative kills. Uh, even the body count in this film is pretty low. What
1: what is it, like three people that die? Uh, yeah, you, maybe four. Yeah, maybe four or five if you count the investigator at the end because you've got just uh, yeah. her uncle who dies with the nails to the face, that cop in the car mm-hmm. um, her with boyfriend. the explosion. Oh. oh, yeah, her boyfriend. So that's three. Then you've got the two, the couple with the mirror. That's oh, five, nice. and then the investigator. About six. Okay. Maybe we're missing one. But you, you mentioned. Oh, uh, the and David, yeah, David. David, yeah. who gets yeah. it by the car. That's about seven. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's true. not super low, but I do hear what you're saying. If you're looking in a slasher for suspense and it, elaborate kills, all the other Chucky films have had suspenseful stalking scenes. Mm-hmm. And this doesn't really have stalking scenes no. in my mind. yeah. So, yeah, th- there there is a limit of suspense. Yeah, I mean,
0: I feel like a lot of this film is him and Tiffany just kind of, like, side- sidebarring and, like, chatting about, like, what's going on in front of them with uh, Jesse and uh, Jade.
1: I like that change, though. I just don't think they can go much farther with the same the same structure as the first three movies.
0: Yeah, I guess. Uh I I, I don't know because th- then you see films uh like Annabelle and, and Megan and, and they're doing like what maybe the original tried or, yeah, what the original intent was here and, and
1: doing it well. So uh what do you do you think it was just it was getting too repetitive at this point? I think it's getting too repetitive with the same character and with a villain who's talking trash. Like yeah. with a villain who's like that and you you're already so familiar with and has become kind of not scary, you can't keep doing it. I think it's just time to change. It's Mm -hmm. not going to work anymore. Yeah. Uh, I would argue Annabelle... Well, I've only seen the first Annabelle film, so I don't know how successful that was, but Mm -hmm. I think those are different, and you and I might be in the minority in thinking that Child's Play 2019 worked. Right. What makes that and Megan's scary is this is artificial intelligence that's its whole own thing and you don't really know what's going on in those little uh, quote unquote brains yep. and then Annabelle's like a totally supernatural demonic thing that's what makes that scary you got a cursing foul mouthed serial killer possessing the body of somebody there's only so much you can do with that you gotta you gotta go Campy. it seems like the only route Sure. And sure. and with Campy, I think means not much suspense. Not much suspense. More. Maybe they don't have they don't have to be one and the same, but Yeah. More adventure and hijinks. Yeah. 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 Totally. And <laughs> this was all about adventure and hijinks that I think Mancini and Kirchner called it like a part road movie, part romance. Yeah. Uh and it very much is. And and road trip and horror comedy and rom-com is all about hijinks
0: <laughs> yeah that part horror part comedy part romance and part road movie like those are like three or four things that like aren't supposed to go together but i i don't know yeah it's 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 a unique film for sure what, what do you think are some of uh the biggest weaknesses of it
1: oh i'd say like suspense and scares is a weakness but if you want to call it that i think it's more a choice than a weakness but um uh, yeah i'm getting kind of just pedantic there maybe, but um, I don't know. I can't say too many weaknesses. The, the cheesy lines are mostly that. They're just cheesy. It's never laugh out loud funny. Mm-hmm. Chucky's not a likable villain to me, and him and Tiffany as being so much in the driver's seat can only go so far. Like, I, I wouldn't have mind Jesse and Jade being a little bit more the main characters, but then I think you would have lost the tone, so... Yeah. It's hard for me to know what more they could have done to improve this movie, except just maybe be maybe sharpened up the humor a little bit or added some wit to make it a little bit more funny. Yeah. More wit could, could have helped. Because I, I hear, like, the, the
0: self-referential and meta stuff is, is a lot of fun, but I'm not sure if it was, like, very smart... Uh, whereas, like, I I feel like Scream, you have it being meta, but, like, in a more smart and witty way, and this one just felt like, yeah, we're just gonna reference, uh, yeah, there have been a few franchises, or that, yeah, this is from the 80s and maybe not that scary, like, uh, I didn't didn't feel like it was too smart, it was just more kind of,
1: like, facts. I think the story structure was smart. It, it, it gave you a lot of opportunities for interesting moments, but, yeah, the script and dialogue itself, yeah, maybe not super sharp.
0: Yeah, so, so you think the 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 story, like, the plot was interesting? Um, you, you didn't feel like there was, like, a,
1: a degree of, like, predictability around it? Um, I don't know. I mean, I don't know if I could have predicted what would happen, that she, that Tiffany, like, Oh, yeah. Now you'll true. tell me I'm arguing against myself. Like, I don't I don't think it was a total jump in character motivation for her to kill him. Yeah. But I don't necessarily think you're going to be like, oh, she's going to kill him. Yeah. Um, no, that's true. Yeah, yeah. I didn't see that coming. Um, yeah, and you no- don't necessarily foresee, like, oh, they're, they're like this weird, unlikely team now, and they're going to be, like, defending Jesse and Jade. Yeah. And you don't know how long until Jesse and Jade know... these dolls even exist and yeah to have them doubting each other and have david be like you're both doubting each other to me so i know i trust you and then (laughs) oh fuck actually is one of you or both of you a killer and now i've got a gun pointed to you yeah uh i think it's pretty interesting and then you've got the whole public perception of these two being killers on the loose Mm -hmm. there's a lot of stuff going on i mean it's a fairly simple premise but it Gives you opportunity to make for another other interesting dynamics along the way. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I guess it's pretty unique and wacky in, in that sense. That's a good point. Uh, and then,
0: uh, yeah, on the characters, and, and you talk about who the main characters are, I think that was one big point of confusion for me, because, uh, yeah, you're definitely anchored from the start on... Tiffany and then Chucky but then I feel like it gets a little disjointed with uh how they try to bring in Jesse and Jade into the storyline and you start spending more time with them and for it takes a while for those storylines even to come together so I don't know towards the later half of this film I I kind of got confused on who the main character even is in this film but you still think it was Chucky and
1: Tiffany I think Chucky and Tiffany were the main well shit you know that's kind of a tough one I mean they're they're the villains kind of um yeah. Yeah. I, I don't even know if it's it's worth trying to pin down one of them. It's kind of split between the four characters. You know, if any, it's probably Jade, Chucky, or Tiffany. Maybe Tiffany is the main character.
0: Yeah. I I think they could have done a better job of like sticking to whose perspective we're in in this film. Uh, She's
1: really the first person
0: you see. Right. She's.
1: It is kind of her perspective. Yeah.
0: yeah I yeah. I think so. But I, I think they could have uh, made that a little bit more clear or something or. Uh, Cause yeah, I feel like once they once Jesse and Jade get into the picture, then you're spending less time with Tiffany.
1: Yeah, yeah, her and Jade are probably the two main characters. Sure. Yeah, yeah. Uh, anything else you want to call out? Um. Let's see. I don't know, man. I think I, I've said all the compliments that I have. I, I think you the first act was. Another, yeah, I, I compared to you, I do. I think the first act, if I'm looking for weaknesses, the first act, like, I didn't have any acute complaints, but it was probably like the least interesting part of the movie. It yeah. Could have done something a little bit different there. And like you said, that first reveal of Chucky being alive and, and him killing her boyfriend, not the worst, but it certainly could have been more interesting or a bigger shock or, or a bigger moment, take, take advantage of that that first kill and really do something with it yeah sure i mean i out of all the kills like so yeah say there are six or seven
0: there's only like one or two that are memorable right like this is waterbed one and maybe
1: like the nails to the face like were any other ones like i think david's was memorable just to, for the shock like he <laughs> stepped out of the car and just immediately got Exploded hit by a car by and his. chucky was like that works too <laughs> yeah 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 that's true
0: uh, yeah, th- 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 that was an interesting one. I, I don't know how much of that I would attribute to them, but it was, it was definitely comedy. Uh, th- th- yeah, that was good timing. But, sure. uh, okay, th- but if, if yeah, I, I just assume, like, for a campy, uh, comedy horror film, you'd have a lot more interesting, or, like, funny kills throughout. And, and most of the kills in this one happen, uh, within, like, the first, like, I, I feel like the last, uh, half hour of this film, you don't have anyone getting killed,
1: None uh, of the kills really involved like a whole lot of um, setup or anything, or yeah, like they they weren't like big set pieces. There wasn't a whole lot of choreography of like yeah. blocking and like here, this person's gonna be here, which triggers that person there, and right, uh, yeah, it, it wasn't anything super complex. Yeah, yeah, pretty simplistic kills uh, throughout. Yeah, yeah. The um, mirror is the the biggest argument against that, but yep. Even so, fairly straightforward.
0: Exactly. Yeah. Yep. Uh, well, cool. Do you want to jump to the rating then?
1: Let's do it. All right. How many uh, doll placentas, zero to five, would you give this? I give it four out of five doll placentas. I, I think that four characters on a road trip with both shared and opposing goals is a core concept that bears fruit in the form of uh, interesting character dynamics, well-paced action, Exciting sequences, even though the kills weren't spectacular, and deeper themes regarding forbidden love. Wow, that's awesome. I think there's for... more to that that story than than you're uh, yeah letting on.
0: Yeah, you know, I, I think there could be more to that story, but I I, I don't I can't I can't uh, find it. Like it's hard for me to be convinced that they took the effort to actually put it in there. But I I think there's sure. a lot of potential for that. Sure. Um, but, yeah, I'd love to hear more about that. I, I came in at two uh, dull Placenas. because, uh, yeah, to, to me, I think, yeah, you lost a lot of the scariness of the original series, uh, and they tried to replace that with comedy and, and being meta, but I didn't feel like it was smart or witty enough. Or it can't be enough. So I feel like it tried to do a bunch of things, but didn't go deep enough in there. And I think uh, it feels like a very confusing uh, film, even in terms of like who it's anchored in, who we're grounded in, uh, what we're scared for. And uh, yeah, I think it was just kind of lacking a lot of uh, interesting components. So yeah, I was kind of bored.
1: Zero surprises here on my end. I mean, this is like a Freddy movie, so it's it's something where I'm enjoying the imaginativeness of the story and how they chose to go with it, and you're like, this isn't scary. I don't know what it's even going for. (laughs) Yeah. I don't like it. So, I, I, yeah, I, I imagine that you would not like this movie oh okay cool <laughs> yeah <laughs> uh, i i'd love to hear more
0: about like uh what, what you think the 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 commentary around like romance was or like what the theme there was is is it about the whole like uh, forbidden love and what you, like what you'll do for it or something
1: yeah i mean i don't think it's maybe any more complex than what i've already described and i feel like i insulted you by saying like you weren't giving it enough uh enough due but maybe it just like wasn't um i don't know Maybe it just didn't do it for you. I, yeah. I think that it wasn't like it was in every aspect of the film and that that was like clearly the point of the movie. But I just, I think there were enough little things like that where it was like, oh, like that's interesting. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, Tiffany is like looking at their love and thinking about her love. And that's interesting. Like, oh, she's yeah. now quoting the Bride of Frankenstein that. The line we heard earlier in the movie, that's at least competent script writing. Yeah. And, oh, they're killing off Jade and Jesse's enemies. That's interesting. Jade and Jesse think they're the killer. That's interesting. It's many little things that all add up from this core choice to just be like, they're on a road trip with uh, shared but conflicting motivations. And then that just sets up all these little things that can enrich the story. Interesting. Nothing is mind-blowing but to me it was a the accumulation of enough interesting elements and yeah shared and conflicting motivations and doubts and what each character thinks about one another that uh yeah kept me engaged yeah, that that's really
0: fascinating. I mean, like I'd I'd love to kind of like yeah, rewatch it with that lens that maybe this is a story about uh, love and uh, yeah, d- different ways like couples behave or or like uh, inspire one another. Uh, I I think yeah, if that was there, I, I would have loved them to maybe highlight that a little bit more because a lot of that. I think maybe I saw from Tiffany only, uh, less so, like, it's not like Jesse, I mean, Jesse and, uh, JD didn't even know that they, that those two dolls were alive half the time. Uh, so they weren't like learning anything from them. So a lot of what you're
1: saying sounds like it's like a Tiffany, uh, journey. Uh, yeah, I do think it's a Tiffany. That, that again makes me think she is the main character of this story. I mean, it... And some people at home are probably like hey, idiots. It's called Bride of Chucky. <laughs> it is her story. She yeah. is the main character, and yeah, she's the one with an arc. So she's the one with an arc. Uh, I and think th- I think it is her her story. And that arc is going from a place of like
0: I had this ex boyfriend that wanted to marry me that I've been holding on to this idea for, but now after spending some time with him as a doll and seeing this other couple on the run because of the things we're doing uh maybe this isn't true love or something or it's worth
1: sacrificing for essentially yeah yeah I mean it's done with a whole bunch of other big stuff of like oh he actually didn't want to marry me and oh he actually just murdered me and brought (laughs) me back to life in a doll yeah Uh, now he's sincere and okay maybe his love is all I need and wait a minute no he's actually just an asshole and Hmm. this isn't good for either of us and yeah
0: yeah yeah that's cool uh, yeah, yeah I'll, I'll give you the benefit of the doubt there. Like, maybe, maybe that was the, the journey that she was on. I, I, yeah, for me, it was hard to tie that narrative of hers together. And so it, yeah. it just seemed kind of random at the end of what
1: she did there. But, uh, that, that's mean, a cool perspective. You could also look at, like, We Belong Dead as just a breakup. Like, mm-hmm. it, take the, it, them killing each other out of it. Or just, like, realizing, you know what? You're not good for me. I'm not good for you. This is not meant to be. Yeah. and juxtapose against Jesse and Jade who are doubting it, but then learning yes, we we are meant to be. We get through the trials and tribulations. So yeah, yeah.
0: I I, I guess uh, I you know if you look at Chucky and Tiffany's relationship in this film, it starts rough and uh, she's mad at him, but then he kills her and turns into a doll, and there's still some aggression. But then they start killing people together, and it kind of makes them happy. It's like something they enjoy doing together. And it kind of culminates in them having dull sex together, which is, uh, you know, probably a highlight. And then she's making him Swedish meatballs, you know, which is, uh, you know, so things are still going really well. And then they get in one little fight, right, about who's going to do the dishes. And then suddenly, like, it's like, oh, we're going to, I'm, I'm going to kill this guy. We belong dead now. That, that's what you're saying? Okay, that was a lot, <laughs> a lot to put
1: in my mouth and say <laughs> yeah, exactly. that, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Just check the box here. And that, yeah, <laughs> but yeah like, I got yeah. Where, where
0: does Yeah. Where does the relationship fall apart? Where's like that moment of like, oh shit, like this isn't the right thing for us.
1: Yeah. And seeing like the, the only thing we enjoy doing together is ruining someone else's life. Like, yeah, maybe it's time to call it quits. Yeah, like if this is all that we have, and you, and we get excitement from doing those kinds of things together, but in the end, you're still not gonna do the dishes. Sure, like you, you are not gonna care for me and make me feel special. Sure, sure, okay, yeah. If I, I think I, I would have liked uh, a monologue where she said that
0: to herself in the mirror. Oh, okay. <laughs> then I'm like, oh shit, oh. this is a great movie. <laughs> <laughs> this,
1: n- this is all about romance i get it now. one monologue and yeah, <laughs> yeah. Ashwin's cranking it up to a four out of five exactly exactly no but yeah i, I think you're right there,
0: there's a cool a cool storyline there uh and yeah for for me it was, it was just hard to piece that one together
1: sure but cool. it's fair you know this is a, a silly silly little movie i could easily see people being just like what this is dumb but i also yeah. like was surprised how much i liked it this is my favorite uh, Child's Play movie so far. You
0: put this over 2019?
1: Hmm. I almost don't even consider it part of the franchise, but, um, you know what? That's a tough one, actually. Yeah. I, mean, I gave both of them a four. Okay. Okay. Yeah. But I'd like this better than any of the, uh, oh, geez. the main franchise. Yeah. The core franchise.
0: Sure. Sure. That makes sense. Cool. Well, uh, yeah, yeah. I think for me, I still would prefer like part one or two over just because, yeah, the game plays a little closer to the standard horror structure, but good on them for trying something different. And uh, yeah, I appreciate the the effort here. Sure. Something unique. All right. Fair enough. Anything else? That's it. All right. Well, that's going to wrap up our discussion. On the bride of, or just bride of Chucky. If you enjoyed our episode, please leave us a five star rating on Apple Podcasts. That's going to help other people find our show, and we always appreciate the feedback. If you want to join our discussion, you can find our social links on horrormovieclub.com, or you can shoot us an email at podcast at horrormovieclub.com. We're going to be announcing next week's movie on Facebook and Twitter in case you want to watch it before the next episode. We're also on Discord where you can find uh, other listeners and horror fans the link to that is on our website our logo is done by Amy Mae Pop Art, you can check her out on Etsy.com, until next time, if you ask him to use a rubber and his excuses that he's already made of rubber doesn't hurt to double bag, that's never uh, done anyone any harm there you go, although I think,
1: really don't do that everybody, <laughs> oh, really? I, think don't like actually, <laughs> I think it actually is not good Oh man. but I'm not totally sure, I've never tried it, alright I am made of flesh and bone. (laughs) I am sad.